You know, I have a lot of favorite psalms. Right? Probably we all have a favorite psalms we, we like to read. Maybe it's Psalm 91 of where it talks about dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty and finding shelter um, in the presence of God. Or one, one I like is Psalm 63. Right? It talks about a hungering and a thirsting for the living God and a and a crying out kind of echoes my heart. Like, you know, Lord, we're longing to see your power and glory as we've seen you in the sanctuary. Um, or maybe Psalm 121. That's that's a pretty good one. Of lifting our eyes to where our help comes from, from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, and he'll preserve us from all evil. There's lots of good Psalms there. Uh, and there's many others. But I, I wanted to look with you at a Psalm that that has a very dominant and, and a powerful theme. And it's actually unique in, in all of the Psalms and kind of all in Scripture because of the theme it has. But I want to look today at Psalm 29. Now, some have entitled this the Psalm of the Thunderstorm. And we'll see why in a moment. Uh, but th this was a Psalm of David, and it's considered to be written during the time that he was fleeing from Saul in the wilderness of Judah. And it's kind of a short one, so we'll read the whole psalm. And so Psalm 29, it says, Give unto the Lord, all you mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Then verse 3, it says, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. That's where we get in that title. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. Yea, the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the hinds to calve and discovers the forests. And in his temple does everyone speak of his glory. The Lord sits upon the flood, and the Lord sits king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Now, I think we could say the theme of this psalm is in verse 3, where it says, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters, and the God of glory thunders because of the power of his voice. And so that's that's kind of the theme of the psalm. It's it's the, the mighty power of the voice of the Lord to, to work in the earth. You know, he shakes the earth and he shakes the heavens with his voice and the power of his voice. But also, you know, he can do that same work with the still small voice. So it doesn't always audibly shake, but it can shake strongholds in our life as he speaks to us and works. And, and as I mentioned, it's the thought uh, that, that King David uh, wrote this psalm while he was on the run from King Saul. And, and when he was on the run, he was in the wilderness. You know, he was hiding in the, in the caves and rocks. And there's big uh, formations in the wilderness of Judah that you could hide big companies of people. And they kind of hidden out uh, from view unless you, you know, they didn't have drones back in the day or helicopters that you could go search like you know, so they had to go on foot and look for him, and it was hard to find them. So David was able to hide. And so he spent a lot of time in the wilderness of southern Judah. 
Um, but from what I've read, I was actually reading about it. Uh, and, you know, Israel can have awesome thunderstorms. Um, they had a, a few years ago, they had a record number of lightning strikes uh, that, that kind of made a, made a record. Um, and so they can have some pretty awesome thunderstorms. And, and it can be interesting to behold in the desert, right? I mean, it's a desert place, doesn't get a lot of rain. But there are times when there are thunderstorms that roll in and they're pretty awesome to behold in, in the Negev desert, as it's called today. And so David probably had many hiding places and he's out there in the wilderness and he's beholding the power of some of these storms um, with thunder and lightning. And, and it's like he compares what he sees with his natural eyes to something even greater, which is the power of God. And more specifically, the power of the voice of the Lord to work in the earth and to work in the lives of his people. And so he uses this phrase, the voice of the Lord, seven times, which is significant, right? Because, uh, you know, Revelation talks about the mystery of the seven thunders, which is probably related to the, the voice of the Lord thundering. Um, of course, it's still a mystery, so we won't go into that right now. Uh, well, we won't go into that till God reveals it. You know, there's seven enemies that, that, uh, of Israel that David destroyed, you know, it was kind of like God was thundering through him against the enemies of Israel. There's also seven things that God hates. And of course, there's the seven spirits of the Lord. So seven is, is very significant. And so you, you, you get this uh, idea that God's voice works powerfully, especially to destroy his enemies and to make his people fruitful. And so we see his voice flowing in this psalm and and it, this psalm's a real motivation. And in, in fact, it's a motivation for us to cultivate the ability to hear and receive from God's voice. Uh, because as, as I mentioned before, I mean, there's, there's times when God speaks audibly to people, but I think that's, the, the, that's a rare circumstance. Most of the time, he's speaking in that still, small voice. But yet it's the same power that can be made available in, in our lives. And, and so, you know, it, his voice, the voice of the Lord is powerful. And, you know, as I was considering the psalm and, and just kind of looking at, at, at putting this together, something kind of struck me is David's considering all these aspects of the power of the voice of the Lord. And he's, and he's putting pen to paper or pen to parchment, or animal skin, or whatever he was, papyrus, whatever he was writing on back in the day. But you notice the very first thing he says is he's about to express the power of the voice of the Lord. He says this in verses 1 and 2. He says, Give unto the Lord, all you mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Right? Worship him in the beauty of holiness. And that really tells us something. If we're in a situation where we're desperate to hear the voice of the Lord, what's the first step? Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. That's how he starts out. That was the starting point. You know, and it's almost like David's expressing this link between the voice of the Lord and worship. And I was actually thinking, I mean, because David, we consider him, you know, if we're thinking of an, what's an example of someone who worshiped God, well, that's David. He was a man after God's own heart who worshiped the Lord and he danced before the Lord as he brought in the ark and established the courses of the priests 
worshiping 24 hours a day before the ark, you know, having that cycle of the, the courses of the priests come in and worship. And it causes me to wonder that if David was such a worshiper of God, that, that perhaps it's because he so appreciated the voice of the Lord, that he wanted to hear God's voice. <clears throat> and for, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and for us, if we want to hear God's voice, then our first practice should be to worship, right? to give God the glory due unto his name. Now, we don't have to have professional voices, thank God. We just have to have a spirit that can lift up the name of Christ you know, in our hearts. Now, singing is the practical way to do that, but you know, hey, we're just singing to the Lord. We're not singing to you know, anyone else. But yet, it's a practical step that David's sharing with us. And he goes on in, in verse 4. He says, The voice of the Lord is powerful. And that's really something we want to keep in our hearts, close to us. That when we're seeking to hear that little word of faith, we're seeking, you know, allowing entrance of his word into our lives and into our hearts and into our minds. We're letting power into us. It's, it's like, you know, I mean, it's not as significant as like, you know, us. we all know there's power in one of these outlets. We don't want to stick a fork in it. In fact, I, I have, I don't know if I ever told mom or dad this, but I have distant memories as a child sticking a fork in there and feeling the power that came from that 120. <laughs> you know, and that's how I learned. There's power in that. <laughs> but... In the same way, and in the spiritual realm, there is power when the voice of the Lord enters our heart. Now, we don't behold it in the same way. We don't experience it. Well, some have had you know, experiences of, of hearing the voice of the Lord, and you know, especially with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and feeling fire and feeling power. That, I think that's the exception rather than the norm. But there is power that is released into our lives when the voice of the Lord is allowed to come and speak and work and operate. You know, a word from the Lord created the heavens and the earth. A word from the Lord created all the galaxies. You know, I mean, we're, we're constantly learning new things about the galaxies because we keep putting new telescopes up and, you know, into outer space above our atmosphere that can see farther and farther. And we're just seeing you know, I, I like reading articles about that. They're just seeing more and more and what they thought were these little, you know, nothing out there. Oh, those are even more galaxies, even farther away. All of that was created with a word from the Lord, a word from his voice. And how much more powerful is he, is it for that, that a single word can come in and transform our lives if we'll open our heart to him? And so the voice of the Lord is powerful. You know, especially when you're considering the New Testament, right? because it, it, it's, God's voice is emphasized in an even greater way, right? And one of the ty big types of that is Moses, right? When, when God told him the first time, he said, Moses, strike the rock, and water gushed forth. But then the second time he said, Moses, speak to the rock, 
It just required a voice to release life. And of course, that's a type in the New Testament. And Moses got in trouble because he didn't, didn't follow the Lord on that one because that was, it was an important type that it's only a voice that brings life. And that's the voice of the Lord that can release life to us as we are seeking his voice and allowing his, his word to work mightily in us as the song go, chorus goes. Now, sometimes we, we have trouble uh, obeying the voice and that's, that's when the rod comes back and God has to work in us a little bit. But, you know, it's, it's the power of his voice. You know, when we, we need that water to flow, which can represent a lot of things. We might need victory or strength or healing, but it's his word. Like, right, like it says in Psalm 107 and verse 20, it says he sent his word and it healed them. We need the word of the Lord so much in, the, in, the, in our day, especially when there's all sorts of false words out there. Right? We need the true and powerful word from the Lord. So it's his word that heals. You know, I was actually just, even yesterday, I, think I was mowing the lawn listening to an old message by uh, Pastor Bailey. Um, and he was speaking of the last day revival. And, and, you know, just kind of comparing it to revivals of old about how they'd have altar calls for healing and laying on of hands and so forth. But he said, uh, I don't know if it was a revelation or vision, you know, because he had many visions and revelations of the last days. But something that struck me is he said, people were going to, there's going to be so many people coming into services that it's impossible to lay hands on everyone. And so they're just going to come into the service and they're going to be hearing the word of the Lord and they're just going to be healed where they're sitting. Right? It's just going to flow. And I was just kind of struck by that. It's, you know, they wouldn't need an altar call or laying on of hands, but they would hear the word of the Lord. That would flow into their lives and, and then they would be healed where they were sitting. You know, that's why we want to emphasize the word of the Lord being spoken into our hearts and allow the, the word of the Lord into our lives and give as much opportunity as we can for the word to work in us. And pray, let the Lord speak to me. Lord, I want your word to work mightily in my heart, in my life. And don't let me go too long without hearing your word and your voice. And of course, there, there's uh, fruit. When his voice comes, it, it's, it's reactive, you know, against things. And if we can see that in verse 5, it says, The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. It breaks the cedars of Lebanon. And now cedars speak of strength. Of course, Lebanon was, you know, the traditional enemy of Israel. And, and so it's speaking about these cedars of Lebanon. Um, you know, it's not easy to remove a tree. We have a big tree in our yard and we're finding it's, it's hard to remove a tree. You got to get a permit. You got to get the right person to take it down without it falling on your house. And, you know, all sorts of things. And, you know, especially when, when you're talking about something spiritual within you and that we can't just get a chainsaw and, and whack at it we need the power of the lord but what is it it's the word coming into us and you know and you know especially when we're thinking of of things we're dealing with right maybe like a flaw in our hearts and of course uh, someone had a, a vision of a grandmother who had a little flaw in her heart and it was represented by a uh, a little kind of weed growing there. But then she had a daughter and someone saw that. Well, what was a weed in the grandmother 
in the, or in the mother, I should say, it was now a big bush. And then when that mother had a child, so the granddaughter, uh, it was now a tree. You know, and so sometimes we have these mighty things in us. How do we get them delivered? How can that tree be removed? Well, it's the voice of the Lord that breaks the cedars of Lebanon. You know, as his word is spoken from heaven. Reminds me of the words of John the Baptist in Luke 3 and verse 4. It says, he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Every valley is going to be filled and every mountain is going to be brought low because of that voice crying. What was the voice doing? It was the voice proclaiming the word of the Lord. And as the people receive the message right from the spirit and power of, of Elijah, as John the Baptist was proclaiming, it would fill in the valleys and it would bring down the mountains. And also, we'd make the crooked places straight. But it's the power of the voice of the Lord. As that is received, there's power. You could also relate it to what Jesus said in Matthew 21, verse 21. He said, if you have faith, and we know where faith comes from. It comes by hearing the word of the Lord, as Paul said in Romans 10. But he said, if you have faith, if you've received that faith that comes from from his voice, you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and it shall be done. That's the power of his voice. And so we want to say, Lord, send your word. I've got some valleys to fill in and some mountains to bring down. Send your word so I can speak to those things. Be filled, be brought down, be removed, or maybe a spiritual enemy. Lord, speak. You know, we don't just want to go rebuking the devil. We want to have a word from the Lord and that enemy shall be removed. And then we can, you know, speak those words and, and power flows. And, you know, another instance back in, in Psalm 29, where we're seeing power. Verse seven, it says, the voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. You know, where else have we seen flames of fire upon the people of God? Kind of takes us right back to the beginning in the book of Acts. Right? Acts 2.1 says, Where the day of Pentecost was fully come, they are all in unity in one place. And suddenly there was the sound of from heaven a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and it appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And here were the disciples who only a few days right before have been arguing amongst themselves, who's going to be the greatest, right? Who's going to sit on the right hand and the left hand of God and, you know, upsetting each other for trying to get that, that position. But now they're flowing together. They've been transformed by the power of God. And they stood up that morning and they led 3,000 people to the Lord. And then a few days later, later thousands others of other people were led to the Lord but, you know, you can kind of trace it back to what was taking place in their midst. Um, you know, because they received the word of the Lord from Jesus and they obeyed it. And what was that word? Luke 29, 49, Jesus said, go and wait in Jerusalem until you are endued or until you're clothed with power from on high. Wait upon my word and then you'll be clothed with power. You know, and... So we understand that there were 120 people uh, who waited upon the word and they received fire. 
You know, uh, Paul tells us there's 500 people that that saw Jesus at one point. You know, while while Jesus appeared to to his disciples before he ascended, but only 120 experienced the fire. Now maybe the the rest experienced it later. I don't know how many could have fit in the upper room, but maybe that's as many as could squeeze in the door. But they experienced the fire because they waited and received that word and walked in it. And so that you know, there's a power in waiting upon the word of God for our lives. You know, and and as we wait upon His word, it will it describes as as being clothed with a new garment, an anointing of power by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, Solomon, as he waited upon the Lord, the Lord appeared to him, and he asked Solomon, "What would you like?" And Solomon said, give me understanding. And the Lord spoke to him and he gave him a new anointing of understanding you know, that was, you know, made him wiser than any, anyone on the earth, probably since except Christ. But that came through the word of the Lord. His voice is powerful. And then, you know, another fruit, you could say, of the voice of the Lord, verse 9 says, the voice of the Lord makes the hinds or the deer to give birth, to calve. And so God speaks and brings new birth through his voice. And that kind of brings us back to that thought of Moses and the rock. You know, there's nothing more dead on this planet than a rock. Right? I mean, we all look at it, look at a rock and none of us thinks, what, I wonder what, what kind of life is in that or what it, it's dead. It's dorm, or it's not even dormant. There's no life in it unless something has, you know, creeped into it. I don't know, a fungus or something. But a rock is dead. But it brought forth living, brought forth that water that sustained Israel in the wilderness. And but you know that kind of speaks to us. Sometimes there has to be a death before there can be life. You know, where our desires and our emotions and our motives and our ambitions, they're put upon the cross. We're, we have to pick up that cross and walk in that, way, that word for a bit. You know, Abraham had to be brought to that death experience, not his own, but the death of his son. Right? Where he had to be willing. He had to have the knife in his hand and have that willingness in his heart to proceed with it. And then God said, okay you can stop. Now I know you won't withhold your son. You know, but really it's that he knew Abraham was willing to receive the word of God and follow the word, follow his word more than anything else. It was more val- the word was more valuable to him than anything in life. And so he was even willing to let go of the promises of God, which was based on another word to obey the word of God at that moment, to follow the lamb wherever he was lead, being led. You know, sometimes God can give us a promise or give us hope in our heart or give us something, um, and you're continually bringing it before the Lord, but it seems like the opposite is taking place. But we want to continue in that so that the word of the Lord can have a full work in us because eventually the outcome is life. It's that water that springs forth. You know, one final example we can consider. 
or illustration, you could say, is like Ezekiel. I think we, we've looked at him in one of the recently passed sermons. But, you know, where Lord, the Lord brought Ezekiel to the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel 37. And, you know, verse 3, the Lord asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, Lord, you know. But then the Lord told Ezekiel in verse 4, he said, prophesy, speak the word of the Lord, which is what the prophet, what prophecy is. Speak the word of the Lord to these bones. Say unto them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live, and you will know that I am the Lord. These, these dead dry bones, we're going to know he was the Lord because they received new life through his word. You know, God love. I think God loves to bring dead things to life. It brings him joy. What was dead is alive. You know, that's what the father said about the prodigal son. He was dead, and now he's alive. And God loves to bring life. And so, you know, even if we're experiencing death, we can have that hope. Oh, the Lord loves to turn what is what where there is no life into abundant life. If we can hold on and set our hope in him. And he loves to release his resurrection power, which is bringing life from what is dead. A couple of last verses here in this psalm. It's verse 10, it says, The Lord sits upon the flood. Hey, the Lord sits king forever. Literally, that means the Lord in the Hebrew, it means the Lord reigns over the flood. You know, he controls the floods that we go through, just like he controlled the flood to the day in Noah, Noah's time, you know, he, the Lord controls the flood and you could put in earthquakes and hurricanes and tsunamis and all of the other, you know, calamities. He can keep us through all of those things. And you could say, why? Well, because of verse 11, the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. That's the ultimate outcome of the voice of the Lord. It's not power, not just power, but it's power to make us fruitful and power to bring life into us, but it's to strengthen us and to bless his people with peace. That is the power of the voice of the Lord. And so we want to open our hearts to his voice because that's where the real power lies in his seven voices or the seven aspects of his voice. We didn't really look at all of them, but but one last question we can answer in closing, and we're gonna look at one of my favorite verses in scripture, is how can we, you know, learn to apply his words and and have his voice continually coming? Isaiah 50 and verse 4. You know, prophetic of, of the life of Christ. It says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakens morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. And so Isaiah is prophesying about the life of, of Christ, and that's how Christ received his words that he spoke, and you know how Christ was always able to speak a word in season because he, his ear was opened every morning.
to hear the voice of his father. You know, he wakened my ear morning by morning. Literally means his ear was uncovered for that, for that day. You know, he would meet his father each day. Lord, or father, what do you, what do you want to do today? And you can kind of imagine one morning the father spoke, I want you to go to a, a well in this little town called Sychar and you're going to talk to a woman there. And he followed the leading of his father and he talked to that woman and a whole town was brought to life that was dead because of the voice of the Lord. And so we want to come to the Lord each day and each morning and say, Lord, awaken my ear. You know, maybe some days we'll really feel the power and the life of that. And other days we, we won't feel much, but we can believe that something is happening in the spiritual realm because his word is powerful and his word is working mightily within us. And, but yet we want to have that prayer, Lord, awaken my ear to hear as the learned. Lord, open up my ear. That literally means to be plowed, you know, like hard ground. Lord, if there's hardness in my ear that you're speaking, but it's like I've, you know, got water in my ear or plugged with something else, take that out so I can hear your voice. So David experienced the power of, the, of those thunderstorms that shook the land. But, you know, he's saying to us that that can't compare anywhere near the power of the voice of the Lord to work in our lives, to break the cedars, to bring new anointing, to bring new life. And so let's seek his, for his voice to come afresh and that he would awaken our ear to hear his learned. And Lord, that is our desire. Lord, we long to hear your voice and Lord, to have your word come into our lives in a new and a fresh way. Lord, just speak to us. Lord, speak to us and even new, Lord, things from your kingdom. Lord, new things we have not heard or seen or understood because, Lord, it only comes through the illumination of your voice. Lord, of us knowing you in a new way and Lord, allowing your voice to work in our hearts and our lives in a new way and bringing us into new seasons. Lord, and transforming us, Lord, from one level of glory to another, from a new level of glory to a, of strength to another level of strength. Oh God, come in your, and speak to us through the power of your voice and accomplish it, we ask, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.